You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. Nation-state influence operations against elections prompt investigation, introspection, and policy studies. We hear about the implications of a major voter database exposure in the U.S. and about what might be done to mitigate such risks. Leaks from intelligence services seem to be inflicting collateral damage on Internet users as they find their way into criminal hands. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, June 21st, 2017. Today's news involves consideration of nation-state cyber conflict. U.S. Senators pushed the Department of Homeland Security to release a full report on its investigation into U.S. election influence operations. Former Homeland Security Secretary Johnson calls for more federal assistance with election security. New York State isn't waiting. Their governor has announced a major statewide study of election security. One election-related incident is the exposure of a voter database by Deep Root Analytics, disclosed last week. We heard from CyberNance, whose CEO Mike Schultz shared his perspective on the incident. The exposure occurred when the data were hung out on an Amazon S3 account. This reminded us of another recent exposure, that of National Geospace Agency sensitive but unclassified information similarly left out for inspection in S3 by an NGA contractor. We asked Schultz, and he said the two incidents were coincidental but not surprising. Quote, more than 80% of data breaches are a result of the breakdown of internal practices, policies, process, and people. End quote. He thinks this most recent case probably shows a lack of executive commitment to proper cybersecurity protocols. If either contractor had applied the NIST cybersecurity framework to this aspect of their practice, Schultz thinks, the exposures might not have occurred. He said, quote, The federal government is finally beginning to lead the way through the latest cybersecurity executive order, requiring all federal agencies to assess cyber maturity and report the gaps and remediation plans to ONB, alongside a new statement confirming agency heads will now be held accountable in the case of a breach or attack. End quote. We assume that voter information of the kind left exposed is largely a matter of public record. If that's so, why are we so concerned about this exposure? Schultz told us, The expectation of privacy, a rational belief or not, is part of the American foundation of voting and political freedom. The greatest risk for organizations is not the data itself, but how the data is strung together. In one place, there might be an individual's name and address, along with others who share the address, gun ownership, opinions about abortion, religion, and other highly personal matters. 
However, the manipulation of that data to granularly segment society, segmentation of us versus them issues, groups and categories of people, can be very unsettling and even illegal. You cannot publish the name and address of a person with a license to carry a concealed handgun. If an organization knows this information, they can target them to their benefit or detriment, which is not permitted in the U.S. No matter the purpose the data collector has at the time of collection, there must exist a minimum moral obligation to apply effective controls in the protection of individuals and their data. Quote. But this exposure, while it shows the risks that come with big data, shouldn't necessarily scare enterprises away from cloud services. As Schultz puts it, most hosting companies have invested heavily in processes and policies to provide the best data security available. Typically, hosting companies have outstanding security, oftentimes better than individual corporations. This data circumstance was an internal failure to adequately apply policy, process, and personal training to secure the data internally in this context for deep root analytics. It's akin to parking your car in the street and leaving the keys in the ignition. End quote. At this stage of the investigation, it seems to Schultz that the problem lies with deep root analytics's use of S3 Cloud and not with the Amazon service itself. According to UpGuard's report of the discovery, it appears the security controls for this data repository were not activated. He drew two lessons from the incident. First, data should be collected with ethical oversight and clear consideration of security. Second, hosting of and access to data should be done under national standards for cybersecurity. We often speak of companies having teams of IT and security professionals defending their networks round the clock, 24-7. But what about small businesses, the mom-and-pop shops or one-off companies who lack the resources for a dedicated security team? Arlen Frew is General Manager of Security Solutions and Applications at Nominum, a core DNS services company, and he gave us an overview of the cybersecurity challenges small businesses can face. The first and foremost is that they generally, by definition and in, in their small size, lack dedicated IT resources. So um, as more and more of the world is technically based and, and our communication and business is more done on the Internet these days, um, it's really just tough for a, a small business owner to, to keep up on, on literally what the, the latest um, exploits and um, trends for the uh, the various bad actors uh, on the internet are. And uh, when they do get hit, uh, do they get particularly hard relative to their size? Uh, it can be. It can be devastating uh, for a small business. Um, one of the, the biggest threats to small business these days is, is ransomware. Uh, what they have found is um, that small business owners, um, because they, you know, when that happens, they, they, they probably don't have really good backup systems and or even the, the technical skill uh, to quickly and effectively uh, recover the laptop from even a, a good backup. And so it's often more cost effective to simply pay uh, the ransom. And in some of the, the biggest uh, security consultants in the world simply recommend even from, you know, the, the FBI and NSA is like, look, you know, you should just pay the ransom. If it's three or $400, you really need to value what your time is and, and, and the impact uh, to your business of just having that machine out of rotation. Uh, and, and it can affect more than just the person who downloaded the, the ransomware because it, it, it can spread. It can spread to, to network um, devices and network drives where I know of small uh, law firms, for instance, where you have three or four attorneys that are all their machines are locked out for you know a period of time where it can be half a day, a full day. Um, and it's just it's simply more cost effective to pay the ransom and move forward 
uh, and and take you know more protective actions going forward than try to uh, roll it back as a, as a very concrete example of, of, of why it's impactful for small businesses. And so what are your recommendations for small businesses to protect themselves? Multiple. Uh, I think that first and foremost is get some visibility. Um, and by that, I mean some kind of capability of generating a report of what is happening on your network, what devices are connected, what they're connecting to. Um, and that's especially true of, you know, as, as more and more of our business is done on the Internet, what applications are is your phone pinging out to and, and, and your laptop and, and all the other various devices that are on our networks today? One, where are they going? Just that, that pure visibility of understanding the traffic goes a long way um, towards helping p- people build very simple but very effective um, control mechanisms on, on where you know, traffic should or should not be going. So you know, they say uh, sunlight is often the, the best disinfected, and that's, I think, a, a good place to start is get some good reporting. Two is kind of up-level your game in terms of just understanding that a lot of links are bad. The statistics I've seen lately that upwards of, of 30% of uh, links in emails are somehow related to malware. Be aware um, that, that if you don't know the source of that email um, sender, um, explicitly, you know, not clicking on something would probably be the, the best course of action just in, in general. So, and then third, um, I think you really try to get an understanding of what's available in terms of security products and software that, that can protect your endpoints and, and everything that's connected to your network. So there are, there are tools and products that are available today that can work at a, a level that very easy to maintain, very easy to deploy. Um, and it really doesn't take a lot of technical knowledge or technical skill uh, to run them pretty effectively. The Internet is more and more a part of our lives, right? We, we do a majority of our communication via the Internet. Um, small businesses are, are doing most of their business on the Internet. And whether that's their accounting or their purchasing, um, everything is really in, in the kind of the, the digital domain these days. You know, fortunately, unfortunately, all the power and convenience and goodness that comes from being so connected uh, also means that there's a level of risk in those connections as well that bad actors are, are learning to take advantage of. So um, I, I think the, the importance was just one awareness that um, every time you're on the Internet, uh, you need to, to, to be aware what you're doing and, and why you're doing it. I think as more and more people, you know, in our lives continue to move in that direction, it's just going to require uh, a greater um, amount of uh, diligence on a business owner's um, personal level. That's Arlen Frew from Nominum. The U.S. Congress also wants some answers about what appear to be and are generally regarded as leaks from within the U.S. intelligence community. The House Armed Services Committee is looking into establishing closer oversight of the intelligence community, particularly with respect to cyber operations. NSA itself seems likely to receive an enhanced Inspector General's office as the agency responds to a Defense Department investigation into past leaks, including progress made since the Edward Snowden affair. Leaks from U.S. agencies are also regarded as having produced significant collateral damage as tools and information found their way into criminal hands. Dr. Webb, for one, is tracking the progress of such tools as they're used to infect machines with Bitcoin mining software. Trustwave has received its 2017 Global Security Report, which looks back at the past year's security trends. There's some good news. Enterprises are detecting intrusions faster, for example, 
but more trends are negative than positive. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Professor Owais Rashid. He heads the Academic Center of Excellence in Cybersecurity Research at Lancaster University. Uh, Professor, welcome back. Um, you know, I, I think when a security expert uh, comes to a board of directors with advice, generally that board is going to uh, take that advice. That, after all, is what the security uh, person was hired for. But you all have been doing some research that uh, shows that perhaps maybe they shouldn't think so fast. Yes, I mean, uh, so uh, I'm not suggesting, of course, that uh, boards of directors should not listen to security experts, but the research <laughs> that we have been doing looks at how different stakeholder groups within an organization approach security decisions and what are the perhaps tacit biases that underpin those decisions, and because that helps us understand the how and the why behind security decision processes. So what we, we actually did was we designed a tabletop game. It's uh, effectively a, a Lego board where people are charged with uh, uh, protecting a cyber physical environment, basically a small utility company. And we've been playing this game with homogeneous groups of players. So some are groups of security experts, some are managers, and some are regular IT people. Uh, and studying their decision processes and how they come up with the various decisions and do they always make good decisions. What we've found very interestingly is that the security experts are not ipso facto better at making security decisions. In some cases, they make very questionable decisions because they are often attracted by the big shiny box, the best technology, when sometimes simpler approaches such as providing appropriate security training and awareness to your staff can be a much better alternative. 
what we learn learn from this is that different uh, stakeholders within an organization tend to have their own biases. And sometimes, you know, listening to others in an organization can actually tell you more about the security problems or potential vulnerabilities that you may have to tackle as a security expert uh, than just simply relying on your own judgment and background experience. Professor Awais Rashid, thanks again for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.